Elizabeth Mickey Brina grew up thinking she could be just like her white American father, a military veteran who had spent time in Okinawa and met and married there. Elizabeth could not relate to her Okinawan mother, an immigrant she thought looked and sounded different from her friend's mothers. But Elizabeth was actually more like her mother than her father in ways that disrupted her sense of identity. She became insecure and unsure of herself in friendships and romantic relationships. Her father's PTSD and her mother's alcoholism further complicated Elizabeth's childhood and adolescence. This is Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. I spoke to Elizabeth Mickey Brina about her debut memoir, Speak Okinawa. At the center of your memoir are these complications that emerge from, oh, I guess it's your origin story. You've spent a lot of time during your life trying to understand who you are. And that means understanding your your parents too, and their worlds. And in a way, there's the rub, right? Because it means understanding some pretty complicated issues. So you sort of inherit these issues that in some ways, as we learn, there really is no one else around you that can understand. Part of the issue is then this conclusion that you've drawn, as you've written about elsewhere, that you are biracial, but then can't really be bicultural. And that's, that's a thread that's running through the book. Can you talk about that just a little bit? You know, the, the concept of being uh, biracial, uh, um, I wasn't really aware of until um, maybe like my 30s. Uh, so I, I grew up, um, uh, I, I grew up not understanding what this conflict and disconnect there was within me. Um, I, uh, I mean, I knew I knew I was I knew I was half Asian, but that but that like that real the the repercussions of that did not really uh, settle in to me for for a long time, and uh, I um, I viewed the world right as as a, like a, a white person as a, um, as a uh, an American uh, um, that that's the way I looked out at the world, and I didn't understand why. Uh, the feedback I was getting, right, from just living my life and being in the world was so different than than my white peers, right? Like, why 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 isn't this this working for me? <laughs> mm. um, uh, so uh, um, so so that 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 was um, you know that I needed to confront that, right? That I I needed uh, because for so long I I re- tried to reject this uh, um, half Asian part of me. I thought that if I, if I just ignored it and denied it, then, uh, then it, then it wouldn't, then I could make it go away. Uh, um, And, and also, and and in doing that, I, I ignored and rejected my mother Um, and, and the huge toll that that took on me. Um, Eventually I I came to understand that I, I, I need to reckon with this, right? This is, this is a very much a part of who I am. Um, if I, uh, um, if I don't understand it, then I don't understand myself, uh, and I, and I don't understand my family. So I, uh, started to do, um, some research and looking into my history and my heritage and, uh, um, which was an amazing revelation 
because it helped explain so much. It helped explain uh, why um, why my mother um, was the way that she was. Right, the the in, the inherited trauma of of her uh, um, of how she grew up and the place that she grew up, and then also mine. How uh, how I absorbed her pain from her, um, and and then accumulated my own. Uh, and and even but even though I uh, I I've now understand my history, I, I know about my history. I I learned so much about this culture, this beautiful Okinawan culture that is just uh, I'm 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 in such an awe of it. I'm so proud of it. But because I started so late, right? Like because it wasn't until my 30s that I really started to investigate. Um, I'm never going to be. Um, fluent in, in this culture, right? It's always going to be, even though I accept it, it's always going to be still separate from me. Uh, um, and that's that's something I have to accept too, that I, I, I know I, as much as I try, I, um, and, the, and the attempt is very important, the, the intention, but it, it will never be uh, completely home to me. Uh, and that, and you know, that's something I have to, I have to live with. Well, your relationship with your mother, as you describe it in your book, it's, it is rich uh, in the ways that you intimate um, here, and it's full of even lovely, poignant, close moments with her. I mean, she's she's your mom, mm. and with, but then with many situations that are very confounding for you as a child, and they sort of morph into other complexities too. It, it seems a little bit like, you know, it's hard enough to be a kid and to be looking for ways to be accepted and to fit in and to deal with, you know, that ennui and hormones and the things that we that we deal with at, at those ages. It is just, it's just hard enough to fi- figure out who we are when we're young. Sometimes the problem for you was that your mother was going through a a sort of a similar situation in not fitting in, not being accepted in these other sort of quiet, subtle ways all around her. She spoke differently. You know, her background is so different from the other moms, the other moms around you in this suburb of in New York where you all lived, but then also the the TV shows that you watched, which, by the way, uh, so many fun moments in your book of these kind of cultural references that I recognize from the 80s and the 90s. But it just really, I think even those point to how different uh, you and your mom were to begin with, but you were sort of on these similar tracks of looking for acceptance, your mom in her way, and then you in your own way, sort of in your own orbits individually trying to figure things out. I just found that irony so interesting that you, each one of you um, had to experience this sort of loneliness and uh, your own dislocation, just as your mom was experiencing these dis- this dislocation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. And, and and I, that's, that's one of the biggest regrets of my life, right, is that I couldn't, um, I wasn't 
there with her uh, experiencing this isolation, this loneliness. Um, we could have, you know, we could have gone through it together. Um, and, um, and I know so many times she tried to reach out and connect with me and talk with me. Uh, but I, uh, but I would, you know, I, I rejected her um, because I thought, you know, she's the reason why I blamed her, right? She's the reason why I'm different. She's the reason why I can't fit in. Um, uh, um, she's the reason why the world is, uh, um, right? Like it's, it's, it's not reflecting what I, 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 thought like it should reflect right mm -hmm. uh, um the, the feedback that it should give me uh that i wanted uh so I, I i um i really pushed her away for for much of my life um because i and 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 also because of her um not being able to speak english as well uh there's i i thought that she couldn't teach me things. I thought she couldn't show me things. Um, she couldn't show me how to be in this world, right? She couldn't show me how to navigate this world. And my um, child, in my, my mind as a child and a teenager, I, uh, I, I regarded her as, as incompetent, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, also something that was incredibly false and that I'm, I'm ashamed of, but I, um, uh, it took a long time to to understand that that what we were going through was the same, right? It, uh, it took a very long time, uh, and then and then through that, um, when I finally came to that understanding, our ability to to speak to each other, right? All of a sudden, it was uh, all of a sudden it was easy. Right. Uh, um, it, uh, in, and, and, and I shouldn't say all of a sudden it, it, it took a long it took a long time to get there. But one, once I realized that we we are the same, uh, um, we, we, we have a very similar uh, um, struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to communicate in ways that uh, uh, like, yeah, I call it a code or shorthand. Right. Like because the the love is there uh, and the intention is there. Uh, and we can say things to each other that is uh, um, that, that you, we don't need words for, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, we can express intimacy in, in many other ways. Well, you sound like you're so hard on yourself, but you were very young. Uh, you know, I always feel like our parents do the best that they can, and and as kids, so do we to to understand them. You were trying to figure things out. I mean, even about. Um, you write very honestly about your mother's alcoholism. And I was struck by the, the fact of the family issue back in Okinawa with the alcoholism. And while we're reading about those, those nights when she had had too much to drink and the ways that you and your father would respond to her. I mean, sometimes you, you were just up to here with it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and you were young and it really... For the reader, it's like, we get it. We understand why you couldn't be so involved in trying to figure out what was what was going on with her. And then the scenes where your father is taking care of her. Those are extremely touching scenes. But I kept thinking about how this was baggage from Okinawa that manifested itself in the United States because she was so 
lonely and struggling. Um, this was happening to your mom in America, but it was so such it's so rooted it's it's a problem that was so rooted in her past um it it ran it's a problem that runs very deep for your mother in terms of her suffering there and mm. then in the united states um and her loneliness as uh, as an immigrant so I've, you know there there are these very honest things that you bring up in the book where we 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 do understand what the young Elizabeth is having to deal with, sort of like, as we say in nonfiction, the more specific the detail, the more universally appreciated it is. So there's resonance in just the idea of the different kinds of conflict and how we react and involve ourselves and 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 try to counteract them. Or throw our hands up and say, "I can't even. I'm. I'm. I don't have. I, I don't have the ability to deal with this." And go to our rooms and turn up the music. Right. I mean, that's a very um, understandable thing from the standpoint of a young person. But then you weave through the book the the idea of your mother's baptism, your mother's church. This was a very important thing for her um, before the ceremony and in preparation for the ceremony, it was a very important process for her with very important people. I mean, the significance of a baptism isn't lost mm. on us, right? But but uh, but there's there's so many other layers around that idea of a kind of a of a rebirth. Yeah. Um, even the those beautiful details about you going to Macy's to buy the dress that you wouldn't normally buy, mm -hmm. all of that. Um, and this came much later, but can you talk a little bit because it, it is a little bit of a of a catalyst for the reckoning that you mentioned with your mother was this wasn't just her baptism, but it it really seemed to to touch other lives um, in very interesting yeah. ways. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was like my, my baptism as well. Right. Uh, um, well, you, you mentioned the, the church, uh, um, it's, it's called the, the Rochester Japanese Christian congregation. And, uh, um, my mom had been, uh, going to this church for about eight months, uh, but when she got baptized and in those, um, eight months, uh, she stopped drinking. Right. Um, there was uh, there was a lot of other there's health factors, too. But I think uh, uh, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that she finally found a community. Right. Like she, she could she could fill the void in another way. Um, and uh, um, one thing I, I, I didn't know about this church until I attended her baptism is that uh, like I figured they were all Japanese and they were all Christian. But I didn't know they were going to be almost all women. Uh, almost all around my mother's age and almost all of them were married to uh, white American men who had served in the military. Uh, and, and it, that was, it was an epiphany. It was just this, oh my God, uh, there, you know, we, I felt so uh, like outcasted and isolated and then, and, and different. And yet here are all these people that uh, have the same situation. 
right? Uh, um, and so then I began to wonder, well, what's going on with that? Like, this can't be, this can't be a coincidence. This, this is, this is, uh, there's, there's, there's something behind this. There's some, some uh, history and um, uh, something, right? A phenomenon, a social phenomenon. And so I, I, I started to, that's when I started to really question. Um, and, and you, and you mentioned um, my mother's drinking before about how it had, a, you know, had a lot to do with how she grew up in Okinawa. And when I was growing up, because I didn't know my history, because I didn't know uh, how devastated uh, Okinawa was by the battle of Okinawa, um, how uh, the all the, the suffering caused by the militarization, all the crimes committed, and that my mother grew up in this world uh, of, of, of having, uh, of just poverty and grief Right. And 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 of course, th th this this will stay with you and, and, it, and, and you need to cope with it somehow um, and, and what, with whatever resources you have available. And but when I grew up, I thought it was just her, you know, like I, I, I blamed I'm like, this is individual. Right. Like this is these are her choices. Why is she doing this? Um, and so. When I learned the history, it, it was it was like I, I could put the blame somewhere else, you know, I, 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 um, it wasn't because it's, and then I realized it's not her fault at all. It's not, it's not just her, right. Uh, she didn't do this. Um, this, this was done to her. Um, and then also appreciate all the ways that she, uh, um, did survive, you know, like all, all, all the, the strength that it took to, um, uh, overcome, uh, what what she over overcame? Yeah, it, it, it's a a sort of an inheritance th that she has to carry around with her, and maybe even without knowing all of the details. I mean, your book is so. This is a story. I mean, the the the. It's a very beautiful, beautifully wrought, beautifully crafted narrative, but then it's also interspersed with these deeply researched chapters about the history of Okinawa that I think people who read your book will be learning about for the first time, probably. I mean, I think people kind of know superficially about Okinawa, but there's so much rich information here. I mean, I learned a lot about it that I didn't know before. So you do something so interesting by interspersing these chapters throughout about the history. There's how it was that it became the prefecture, your grandmother's story. And then there's this chapter uh, 11, how they met, where you mm. use the first person plural to, I mean, it, it's almost a third person limited omniscience in a way to tell the story to lead us to your mother's story and what it was like for those living through so many things. And you write, the Americans can build in a day what takes us months to build. The Americans can destroy in a day what we will never forget. And then we will never forgive the Americans. It just speaks to how you're, even though your parents fell in love they found each other and they fell in love and they created this life in America that there was this maybe 
deep-seated kind of residual imprint of the way that then back there and then in the United States, your father represents the control of Mm -hmm. your mother's life at home. And your mother does sort of fall into these expected roles. I mean, as Mm -hmm. as an immigrant in a new country, but also back in Okinawa, she had to do that. Um, Mm. And it's her sorrow that is accompanying her in both places. So, but my point really is just to say how much I appreciated those chapters with with those details. Um, Some of them are astounding to me about the numbers of people who died, Mm. civilians who died. Um, All of that was, was new for me. And it it certainly fills a space in the story about your mom. It's it's not superfluous. It's it's integral. It's very important. Yeah, I I, I uh, thank you. I um, that was very important to me uh, that that the right the history be included in my story because it is my story, um, and. And one of the reasons, too, why uh, using the we, the first person plural, uh, really gave me access to these these events that happened long before I was born, but are still um, very much alive uh, and and perpetuating through me. Um, I uh, and, and also the one thing, too, is that. This is something that's happening to Okinawa. Uh, but I, uh, where else is it happening, right? Uh, uh, um, it, th- this is this is something that is uh, systemic, like through the world, right? Uh, um, uh, imperialism, colonialism. Uh, what what is it doing? Uh, how far is it spreading? And 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 then what is it doing to families and individuals, right? Like with the just the intimate uh, um, aches of it from. Uh, these global uh, um, uh, occurrences, right, is is another thing that I, 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 uh, um, that it really made me think about when I was learning the history. Yeah, it, it's very important. And I do, having mentioned your father, I do want to ask you mm-hmm. also about him. He's a very important, obviously, um, role in the story. Um, your relationship with your dad seemed really strong throughout your childhood in in very different ways than, than even the, the, the stronger moments with your mom. You could discuss books with your dad, for example. You guys could talk about politics. And it just seemed like you were always trying to find common ground with him, like you were on the same side of things because you really identified, uh, obviously, as American, but a sort of more like your dad um, than than like your mom, more like your dad as uh, a white American. Mm-hmm. Um, but your relationship with him was not without its complications too, even though you, you guys shared so many affinities and, you know, your dad went to like the whole concert with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some very um, interesting <laughs> moments, uh, anecdotes about your dad, but that was a very important one, that concert where he had this kind of adverse reaction to 
some of the things he was perceiving as violent in the in the mosh pits and so on. Your dad's eventual PTSD diagnosis, it was not a revelation to you necessarily. I mean, you knew something was up, um, mm-hmm. but it must have brought a certain kind of hope to you once he did have that diagnosis that he could, I don't know, even though he, you know, he has that very dramatic moment about getting help for something like that. And he, he has a kind of a survivor's guilt, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, your, it just goes to the, the heart of the situation with your parents and their marriage, um, which has withstood so much, including mm-hmm. this, including PTSD, which can really do so much damage to families. So while your mom is dealing with so much, your dad was really in his own way dealing with a lot of things, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And then. Uh, and that was, that was another thing too, like he would, because uh, you know, he's extremely overprotective and very, very involved, uh, in my life. Like just always had, I mean, and I, and I liked it, right. Like it, 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 it was the bond and it was closeness. Uh, um, even though, uh, you know, maybe it was, a uh, at times oppressive. Uh, but I, again, still for so much of my life, I thought, that it was individual, right? Like this, this is my father. He has a strong dominant personality. This is just him. Uh, and not realizing that, oh, uh, he's, he's been traumatized too from, from the war, from, from losing people, from watching, from death, you know, just seeing people alive uh, um, one minute and then gone the next. Like, how, uh, uh, of course that, wounded him terribly uh and it was never something that was it, we never talked about it um and and uh um so it was never named and even though i think intuitively i i understood because i uh because i knew my father so well and um uh i trusted him you know and i i i i gave him the benefit of the doubt much more than it than my mother right because because he was the person that um, taught me and guided me, uh, um, right. Show, showed me how to be in this world that I wanted to be in. Uh, uh, but then, but, but to realize that what, uh, that his actions are, are not just his, right. Um, what was another big moment for me that he, uh, um, he's, he's been affected by all of this too, by, by the war and occupation. It's so interesting and so lovely to see a surprising friendship that you have with each of your parents, ultimately. I mean, your dad was very protective of you, but in ways even that you relied on and sought out, like the anecdote that you share about the cab driver who was trying to stiff you, and, and your dad was like not having it, you know, on the telephone, uh, I mean, on the cell phone, Um is, there's just uh, something so lovely about how they were like, like your friends, you know, yeah. as yeah. once you were an adult. I, I just think it's so lovely. What do your parents make of the book? Because you're very candid. You're very well, honest. You tell a very true story. How do they feel? I don't know yet. Um, they're, uh, I mean, they're, they're so proud and they're so excited. And I, I keep telling them like, please read it. 
you know, like, like, and, 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 and they, they're going to, they're playing the, my, my father says he's going to read it to my mother. Cause my, my mom can't read English. Um, but for so long, I, I was so nervous. I was, uh, um, like just awake at night, like, you know, just like, uh, so much anxiety. Like, what are they going to think of this? Are they going to forgive me? Because it's, it's very personal details about them. And, um, and I don't know, right. Like I, I, I wanted to share how their lives impacted me, but, uh, but then I had to say so much that they, um, they just trusted me with, I, I, um, for, from while I was writing the book, I kept saying like, do you want to me to, you know, do you want me to know? <laughs> um, and, and they both said, no, like we, we don't just write the book, like just write it, which is huge. Um, just so much trust and, um, uh, yeah, it's just very brave of them too. Right. Uh, um, that they were going to, they were going to let me do this. Uh, um, and I, I have, um, I'm so indebted to them, so grateful for that. Uh, um, uh, but I, the book came out on Tuesday and I don't, you know, are they reading it now? Um, <laughs> I've been really busy and uh, they, and of course, the, the night the book came out, we, uh, um, we talked on the phone and we, we all had a bottle of champagne that we were <laughs> drinking together. So they're very excited, but I, but they don't know the content yet. And that is, um, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> well, that is very generous of them, very brave, because as you know, the nonfiction writer frequently has to brush up against censorship from close mm -hmm. family members and loved ones. So that is, that is very special. But, uh, you know, the thing about the way that they come through in the book is is very positive. I mean, it's very much a portrait of a family where everybody's doing the best that they can and you and you all love each other so much and care so much about each other and have been through so much together and somehow survived so much so i i don't know i i hope they see it that way be, because yes this is a very candid story but um you know, to be able to tell a true story is, you know, you have to be able to share what's not so flattering, perhaps, because we're all just human. But what ultimately comes through the imprint, uh, turning the last page, and closing the book is a very positive one about, uh, about family and about your parents. You ask the question about what atonement can look like for something like what's occurred and still occurs in Okinawa or atonement for those brides married to American military men and brought to this country and discovering that they've traded in one brand of hardship and suffering and loneliness for another. Mm. And now that you've, you've popped, you know, the bottle of bubbly and <laughs> have come to this, <laughs> this part of the process, have you come to some conclusions about that for your own small world with your own family about this kind of atonement? It sounds like the answer is yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but, but it's, 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 a uh, it's ongoing, right? Like we're, we're constantly 
forgiving each other for so much, right? Um, uh, and and I and I think that's what it is. It's just it's it's the effort, it's the work that that you do every day because it's we yeah we all we all are human and we're all troubled, uh, um, and we all um, are hurt and we hurt each other. Uh, so that's all you can do is just like constantly acknowledging and apologizing. That's what, that's, that's that's pretty much what we do as a family. (laughs) We're always always saying sorry to each other. Uh, um, so it's, and, and, and so it's never like a status of like, uh, uh, oh, um, like we are healed. We are, we we are (laughs) forgiven. Um, but, uh, but a process that, that just continues. Uh, the book is an apology, sort mm-hmm. of, to your mom, as you've said, and a thank you. And you you share with us in the book that in Japanese, sometimes thank you and I'm sorry are the same expression. Mm-hmm. You write about this culture of apology as your mom kind of d- would demonstrate it to you and how you would abs- ab- absorb some of that. But but your sorry is really a, a thank you, um, I think, I mean, by way of of this book. Um, the chapters here are so self-contained. It's like each one is its own story. And I want to mention so many of them, but I'm going to focus now um, on chapter 21, the second honeymoon in Japan, a travelogue, where you alternate these more contemporary vignettes with one set in the mid-70s. And you outline for us your parents' first meeting and their marriage and then your trip to Okinawa uh, for another special reason. And it reveals a lot about the previous chapters and connects some of the dots for us. And then also your own your own reckoning with your inherited past. This is a story about your family and your parents, but this is your story too. What what it was like for you, you know, to make this trip with them. So uh, I was wondering what was it like for you to continue to put yourself not just in that general first person plural anymore, but indeed to like piece your parents' lives as a young married couple already facing challenges and seeing what other difficulties were going to be portended later on. I mean, it it was almost something that they could predict. Um, And how did your parents participate in the writing of that chapter? Because I kept thinking, this is, you know, um, I teach too, like you do, and students always ask me, how can there be speculative nonfiction? Mm -hmm. And this is such a gorgeous example of this really happened. They really did these things. They really said these things. And you're able to craft um, these moments where you where you were not even alive yet, and because of the retelling, and because of what y- you've lived through with your parents, and the things that they shared with you, but also the things that you've shared with them as their daughter. Um, so just this idea of how this is a this part of this is reported, and uh, a, this beautiful story based on something that really occurred, but then how you've had to sort of speculate on some of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that, that was really important for you because, right. Like I wanted to know they, they, their marriage was like a mystery to me for so much of my life. Like how did these people end up together? 
how did they fall in love? Are they in love, right? Like what, what, are, what is this thing that they have together? Uh, and so like a, just, just assume, uh, assuming they're being, right? Like ha having to write, try to write from, from their perspective, try to be them together when they're young. Uh, what was a way for me to try to discover that, right? Like how did they, um, how did they, what was their love like and how did they fall in love? Um, uh, so uh, I asked, I asked them, so many questions, right? So many questions, and the, you know, they 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 were able to uh, um, just you know little details here and there, little details here and some you know things. Uh, um, uh, also, what I what I heard uh, heard growing up, piecing that together, the stories they told they told me while I was growing up, but also the stories that they told me when I was asking them direct questions about it when they're older, um, were often different. Um, and so I had to try to figure out, okay, what's going on there. Uh, um, you know, like what, what's the change and why is the change, right? Because, uh, um, you know, we, we, we reflect on our past. Uh, it's, it's different depending on where we are in our, our lives presently, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and a lot of the details I filled in um, by, right? Like knowing, knowing who they are now uh, and then, and also just being an adult, right? Like be like, it, it was, uh, so they were 26 when they, um, were married. And then when, as I was writing it, I was, uh, like 37. So it was kind of like, you know, just, I got, I got to be older than them, you know? Uh, um, and, 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 uh, so, and, and see their future, right? Not only see their future, um, uh, because I, I, I know them years later, but also see their future of just the, what life does, right? Like, oh, like they don't even, they don't even know what's coming. They're so young. Uh, um, <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, but that's, uh, that, that was really, uh, that was really healing. And, and, and I think I did come to more of an acceptance of their love for each other. Uh, um, you know, for a long time, I, I didn't think it was real because it didn't, fit what I thought love should be and what it was. But like you said before, I mean, they, they, they worked it out, you know, 45 years, they, uh, and, and, and it was coming and this trip that I took with them, uh, the second honeymoon, uh, it was supposed to be with my fiance. Um, and, and it did, you know, that, that didn't work out. Uh, so I'm seeing them, you know, with, you know, my, my recent failed relationship. Uh, so I'm seeing them with like, uh, kind of a new appreciation of just like, Oh, it's not that easy to just commit to someone for the rest of your life. And, and, and really, uh, um, for the first time, uh, respecting that about them, like re respecting that commitment. Elizabeth, Mickey, Brina, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Elizabeth Mickey Brina is the author of Speak Okinawa. This has been Book Public from Texas Public Radio. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. Jacob Rosati composed our theme music. Kathleen Creedon is our digital producer. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Yvette Benavides. <laughs> <laughs>